0: We are North Rock Church, where we exist to see lives redefined by being filled with life in Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. So the series is called Mastermind, and the reason that we are doing this series is because let me just back this up, guys. Hold on just a second. This didn't get reset from last service, so uh, if y'all can read in reverse, then you know everything I'm going to preach is in reverse. Um uh, <clears throat> But you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. You cannot have a positive 2022 with a negative mind. So that's why, that's why we're preaching about this um, as we dive off into a new year. And, and we've been talking about week one. We talked about um, how to recognize negative thinking and how to, how to reject it and how to replace it. Uh, week two, we talked about how, how to summon faith to the forefront in your life and in your mind. Week three, we talked about new moves for a new mind. Last week, we talked about a pattern problem. Some of us, the problem in our life is, is the pattern that we are living in our life. It's the, it's the way that we think and the way that we live. So we're not getting the product that we want because of the pattern. And this week, this week, as we close this series, we're going to talk about this. Minding your Relationships. You need to mind your relationships. Now it's February, so it's kind, of, it's kind of love month, it's relationship month. And for you guys that aren't aware of this, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. Um, it is uh, for you men, for your husbands, for you, you know, whatever your relationship status is. Um, but Valentine's Day is, is not tomorrow, but it's next Monday. It is the Monday after the Super Bowl. So, guys, uh, you, girls, whatever, you, you might need to go ahead and get that reservation, uh, get that date planned, uh, get that gift bought, get those flowers um, ordered, those chocolates ordered. Ordered, um, it's 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 that time of year. It's, and I can kind of tell because some of y'all showed up to church dressed It's a little extra today. I know I can I can see it. Yeah, you're thinking it's, it's love month, so I, maybe I'll find my love. And you just sprayed it a little bit extra. You just just a little extra on today instead of one little spritz of cologne, you went ahead and gave gave two spritzes. Uh, just just a little extra today. So we're going to talk about relationships because as it relates to mastering your mind. One of the most important things, one of the most important ways that we can control how we think is to control who we surround ourselves with, our circle of people. In the Old Testament, Israel, the the nation of Israel, um, over and over and over throughout the Old Testament, uh, gave us a picture for us to reference because they had a history of socializing with with people that they should not be socializing with. They had a history of hanging out with, with idol-worshipping nations, um, with, with, with people that, that had different ideologies and had systematic ways of, of thinking and patterns of living, if you will, customs that were contrary to what Israel knew to be right and ultimately, over time, they would begin to pick up some of that culture and some of those belief systems and some of those lifestyles and, and their allegiance to God would uh, ultimately uh, begin to deteriorate and, and they would become unstable many times and passive about what they had once believed and enemies would be able to take advantage of them. And, and in many cases, they would experience severe oppression just because they surrounded themselves with the wrong people, the wrong people. How many of you know that the people you hang out with will have an effect on your life? I don't know if anybody in this building other than me has ever had friends who influenced us to do things that when we look back, we wish we had not done. We knew better than to do it, and yet we were influenced because we had the wrong people around us, maybe at the wrong time. I, I, I for one, haven't, didn't have just a whole lot of that growing up. I mean, everybody deals with peer pressure, but I've got this, this, unique, um, this unique thing that's part of my DNA that if you're trying to get me to do it, I won't do it like like it, it, it's healthy in some ways but it's unhealthy in other ways because if I can sense that you're wanting me to do it I'm not going to do it um, i 'll do it when I get ready to do it when I want to do it so so I didn't have just to didn't give in to whims and, and and crazy things that happened a lot of times when I was a teenager but I've told you guys a story about how one time I did I've told this more than once and I won't tell the whole story but how I was I was late at night and I was going a little bit over the speed limit and I realized that a police officer saw me and it looked like he was coming after me and I said, Oh God, I cannot get another ticket because I'd already had some. <clears throat> and, and so um, I, I was so it was, it was a stressful moment. It was a fearful moment, potentially painful moment for me. And in that moment, I had like the wrong friend in the car and he said, turn right here. I know this neighborhood. And I turned right there i didn't i didn't it's one of those things where you look back and you go what did you do that's so not your personality why did you do that it's because i had the wrong person sitting in the passenger seat with me and so i turned and he did not know the neighborhood and we wound up in a cul-de-sac in a driveway of someone's house that we don't know with a police officer sitting behind us it wasn't like a high-speed chase or anything like that it was the slowest speed chase you've ever seen in your life actually um but, but it, it all turned out fine, because really, we were innocent on that night, except for when my friend said, turn right here. Um, but that's the kind of thing, you, you have your own story, that's the, that's the kind of thing where if you have the wrong person beside you, in those moments, it's amazing how we can be influenced by the people around us to do things that we wish we had not done. And some people sit in the building today, you're watching online today, and you're dealing with some unhealthy, negative thought patterns Because of the people that you're keeping company with. People that you're keeping company with. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And some of us have been keeping company with the wrong people. And they've been planting poison in our minds. Maybe through a text. Maybe through a call. Jim Rohn said that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Now, there's nothing scientific about that number five. Um, It could probably be six or seven or even 10. But the truth is, if you're wondering how people see you, like, I wonder what people think about me. Here's what what you need to do. Look around at the five people that you spend the most time with. And then, how do you see those people and how do other people see those people? And then, you'll know, that's how people see you. Now, for some of you, that freaks you out a little bit. You're like, no, I don't want to be seen like that. I, I, I understand that. This is why we're preaching what we are preaching on today. Because it matters who you hang out with. It affects how you think. It affects how you think if you hang out with someone who's a cynic. Eventually, you're going to start to be cynical. If you hang out with someone who is constantly uh, sarcastic and they see sarcasm in everything, ultimately, you're going to start seeing through that same lens, thinking through that same lens. If you hang out with someone who's angry at the world, you'll ultimately be angry at the world. You hang out with that person who, who finds the negative in everything. In, like in everything. They go to a restaurant, they find the negative. They go to church, they find what's wrong. Uh, They they go to school, they find out what's wrong. On the team, they point out all the stuff that's wrong with the coaches and all. That person, if you hang out with that person all the time, you know what you're going to start doing? You're going to start finding and seeing the wrong in every place that you go rather than looking for good. Rather than noticing the good. And you can always find bad, you can always find good. It matters who you are hanging out with. Your relationships matter. Now, I want to I read a passage. I want to read a passage out of the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. And we're going we're gonna to use the message version of this today. We don't always use the message, but sometimes I love it because the way it brings Scripture to life in 2022. And so the message version of, of 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13 says, So roll up your sleeves and get your mind in gear. Put your mind in gear. That's what I want to encourage everybody to do. Uh, you know, kind of metaphorically, in in the room today. Roll up your sleeves and put your mind in gear. Kind of lean in to this today because I want you to be ready to receive what, what God has for you today. Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil doing just what you feel like doing those old grooves. We talked in week one about how we literally... Our mind literally has physical grooves. Like well-worn paths because of habitual thoughts. Whether you're thinking good or thinking bad, your brain will go into autopilot. And if you're constantly taking in negativity, sarcasm, cynicism, skepticism, bitterness, you'll, you'll begin to think that way yourself. Some of us, some of us have had people that we've been hanging out with that have caused us to slip back into some old things that we decided years ago we weren't going to do anymore. Some places that we decided we weren't going to go, some things we weren't going to do, we've slipped back into those old grooves because of people that we started hanging around. Because of a dating relationship. You had made the decision, I'm not going to do that, but then in this new relationship, That relationship has pulled you back into some old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, scripture says, but you do now. You do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life. You know what God's life is? It's an energetic life. There's just a little extra energy when you live a godly life. I don't know about you, but I need a little extra energy. I need some extra. And, and, and the way that I get that is by living godly, by doing my life God's way. God's way is not the good way. God's way is the only way. If I'm going to experience the abundance and the, and the joy and the purpose and the destiny that he has for me, I've got to do it his way. A life shaped by God's life. It's an energetic life, a life blazing With holiness. I love that. I love that good old word, holiness. God said, I am holy, so you be holy. I am holy, so you be holy. Now, here's the idea. Here's the idea that I want to introduce today as it relates to relationships. It's simply this if you take a note, you can write this down. There are only two kinds of relationships there are holy relationships. And there are unholy relationships. Holy relationships, they help you grow. They bless you. Holy relationships actually add to your life. Holy relationships uh, push you toward your purpose. They add. They don't subtract. They add more joy. They add more confidence. They add more hope. They, They are encouraging. They are empowering. Unholy relationships, on the other hand, they tend to subtract. They subtract from your joy, right? They subtract from your, from your, uh, from your, uh, from your courage. They subtract from your purpose. They they decrease your character. They debilitate your dreams. They are not blessed. They, They don't tend to work well. Unholy relationships are those relationships that pull you back into places that you left a long time ago. God wants our relationships to be holy. He wants your friendships to be holy. He wants your dating relationships to be holy. He wants your marriage to be holy. He wants your marriage, your home, to be defined by holiness. Now, some of us have some preconceived ideas about what the word holy means because of baggage from our, from our church past, from our religious past. And when you think of the word holiness, um, it, it, it can almost come as holiness or Hell. Like, you can picture this ugly old preacher, you know, yelling at you, pointing a bony finger at you, telling you to stop doing this and stop doing that. You got to be holy. You got to stop. Don't wear this. Don't go there. Don't dance. You better not be dancing unless you're dancing for Jesus. You just, you have these, these unhealthy views of what holiness is. Holy, the word holy is, is a very simple definition it simply means set apart for divine use that's all holy means set aside for divine use so god wants all of our relationships to be holy to be set aside for divine use to help you understand it a little bit more holiness is is kind of like it's kind of like the the, the china that Alicia and I have in our in our China cap. When I say China, I just you, you nowadays you say China. It's so just it's funny how that pops out. Uh, anyway, that's a different story for a different time, a different year, really. But it's amazing how when, when we say when we as it relates to the China that we have at our house, and thought about that until this service. So it happens in service number three, but but uh, except for last week, it happened in service number two. Something comparable but different. Anyway, it's a whole, uh, l- l- I digress. Our, our china that we have in our, our hutch and our house, it's like it's set aside for divine use. Like we got marriage china when we got married. And guys, we don't ever use it. Like we don't use it. We, we, we never, ever, 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 ever use it. Like it's set aside, I guess, when the president comes to visit us. And I, I don't know who it's for, but clearly it is not for our family. Like, and it's not for you. I don't know who it's for but it's set aside for divine use, divine use. And this is how, this is how God wants our relationships. But for most of us, this is the kind of relationships that we have. <laughs> These relationships like, like this, you know what I'm saying? That's not for divine use. That's just for whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just, just for whatever, whatever. It's kind of like the plastic on your grandmother's couch, you know, you know like grandma when you got the plastic on the couch so you don't get the couch dirty that's why because one day somebody's going to come over and we're going to take the plastic off the couch. I guess she thinks there's the president's going to visit her one day and you can tell how important you are based on whether or not the plastic comes off the couch. Based on based on whether or not the china comes out of the hutch or you just got the red solo cup. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. Y'all are like, I like a red Solo cup. I know. I know. It's, and it shows, in your, it shows in your relationships. A lot of us have red Solo cup relationships rather than China relationships. Fine China relationships. A lot of us have cheap relationships. Relationships that are just headed for the trash. I mean, they're really just, they're really of no use. I mean, they crumble under pressure, any little pressure, and they crumble. You can pour anything in there. There's just, they're they're really not worth much. They're temporary. They're temporary. You don't throw those in the dishwasher. You know, why are we going to clean that? Throw that in the trash. Rather than the kind of relationships that God wants us to have, relationships that are set aside for divine use. Relationships that are to be filled with good stuff. With God's stuff. Relationships that that last. That last. Relationships that require intentionality. We've got to protect these. We have to, we have to be careful with them. They are, they are not cheap relationships. They are valuable relationships. Valuable relationships. God wants us to have relationships that are, that are holy. I want you to think about this. I want you to really, I want to push this concept deep into your heart, into your mind. To get your mind in gear, like the scripture says. Because, you know, we've heard it said so many times, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And, and that is True. That is true, but I want you to even think about this. On a, I, want, I, want to, I want you to bring that home, if you will. I want, I want to hone in on that a little bit. Show me your friendships, and, and I'll show you how you think. Show me your friendships, and I'll show you where you wind up going. Show me your friendships, and I'll, I'll show you your preferred destiny. Like Your friendships will help you get to your preferred destiny, or they'll pull you away. Show me your friendships and I'll show you your confidence level. A lot of us have Red Solo Cup friends. And when we leave them, our confidence is lacking. They tear you down. They make fun of you. They nitpick. They find all sorts of things that are are wrong with you. And you know what it's like when you get into the presence of somebody who actually builds you up. And you leave feeling better. That's what I love about church. Because when you come to God's house, you should leave with a little bit of God-confidence. Some confidence in your spirit. So, so 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 but some of us have those relationships that you hang out with that person that, that those red solo cup related and you just want to take a shower just cuz you you were them for 15 minutes and I just blah. but then you've got those other that just kind of build you up your confidence is up your peace is up your happiness is up show me your friends this is why god's plan for you has always included people People around you, every faith story has a relationship component attached to it. Somebody told you about Jesus. Somebody invited you. Somebody helped you when you were struggling. Someone prayed over you. Your relationships are either taking you to victories or to valleys. Your relationships matter. Married people, your relationships outside of your home with your friends, they they matter. They matter depending on depending on who you're hanging out with. You might hang out with someone who, who's married and is constantly running their husband or their wife down and nitpicking and, and and just finding the negative. And it causes you to start looking, yeah, yeah, mine, too. Yeah, my husband sucks, too. I don't like him at all. He stinks and he, all I, he just you find all of the negative things about your spouse just because you're hanging out with the wrong person. Guys, same way. Like if 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 that if the golf game with the boys and I'm not meddling here, I, I like to play golf as well. But if the golf game with the boys is more important than the date day with the spouse, then that that's an issue. Ladies, if date night with the girls is more important, if it trumps date night with the guy date night with your husband, then 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 that's an issue it matters who, who's influencing you, who's talking to you, who, who you're allowing to speak into your life and speak into your mind. Single people. Single people. It matters who you're hanging out with. Single people who are in the dating scene. You're in the dating scene. It matters who your friends are. Of course it matters who you date. But it matters who your friends are. You don't ever need to let your romantic relationships outpace your friendships. And oh, I've seen that happen so many times. So she's got all kind of friends, and then they start dating somebody, and, and the friends just get pushed to the periphery. And, and like, I, I, well, we used to hang out. Now I ain't even seen them in you know, six months or whatever. And that, that can be unhealthy because if you have the right people around you have the right people around you, they can see what you cannot see as it relates to relationships. They can see your blind spots. If you have the right people around you, they'll point those out. And if you have the wrong people around you, they actually love it when they see a tragedy coming. They're like, oh, this is going to end bad. <laughs> it's going to end bad. I can't wait to see that train wreck happen. They, they love it. But if you have the right people around you, they're like, yo, I got to talk to you. She's crazy. <laughs> She's crazy. Have you seen her social media? You need to go look at it. Just, just go look. She's crazy. Or, or he's crazy. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? You got to have the right people around Single people. Certain seasons of your life, kind of like whenever you make that turn and you see that police officer turn around, in those in those pressure moments, you need the right person sitting in this seat. Some of us you, you deal with uh, maybe after a breakup, certain seasons after a breakup, because some people want to date hard on the rebound, like they want to date hard on the rebound, but dating hard on the rebound is like going to HEB when you're starving, it's not a good move. Like, everything looks good. I'll take one of those. I'll take two of those. Yes, I'll take that whole shelf right there. It's, it's not good. It's not, it's not healthy. Everything looks good. So you need people around you to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your roll, Sparky. Just hang on just, just a little bit. Remember what dating is anyway. This ain't even the sermon, but for dating, you, you dating people, you know, you know all it is. It's, it's the evaluation period between singleness and marriedness. It's, it's evaluating whether or not I want to spend the rest of my life with that person. And the most important relationship decision you will ever make in your life, and the married people would all say amen, for better or for worse. They would all say amen. The most important relationship decision outside of choosing to follow Jesus is choosing who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Who you marry will either lead to victories or to valleys. So when you are dating, it is important to make sure that you ain't dating the red solo cups. You need to be looking for a man of God, a woman of God, someone who's tracking in the same direction that you are tracking with. You need to set aside your your dating relationships for divine purpose, for divine purpose. It matters. It matters who you date. It matters who you let into your life. In fact, we establish somebody's worth based on their creator. But we establish their access to our heart and to our life, to our proximity, to our circle, based on their character. Like everybody has worth. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose, right? You were given intrinsic value by God. But just because you are valuable to God... Does not mean that I'm gonna open up and just let you into every area of my heart. And there are some people who are sitting in the room today, and you're struggling because you are you've made some bad decisions and you've allowed people into rooms in your heart that you should not have allowed them into. You've allowed them access. It's not that they're not valuable to God, it's not that their life doesn't have value, but it's like if married couple, if you were going out on a date. And, and, um, and you were, you were, you had, you had kids at home and you called grandma to come take care of, of your babies and. As you're leaving, getting ready to go, you're all dressed up, trying to make the reservation. Grandma's coming in, and just as she's coming in the door, out of the bushes, jumps uh, a dude wearing you know, prison stripes, and he's just broke out of prison. He's bleating and all this stuff. Oh, well, He just broke out of prison, and, and he says, I'll take care of your kids. And you say, well, okay, you can. Sure, come on in. You can come on in. You, you and grandma will get along just fine. And then you just go, on, yeah, we got, we, sorry, we got to make the reservation. Come on. And you just go on your merry way and have your dinner. Does does the guy in prison stripes have value to God? Absolutely he does. Is he is just, just as valuable to God as grandma is? According to the scripture, he is. He's got just as much value. But just because he has value does not mean that he gets access. Especially in that moment, you're going to have to prove yourself. You don't get to go in the bank vault. Until you have proven yourself. Day one as a teller, you don't get to go in the bank vault. Some people are letting, you, letting people in the bank vault, letting, letting, letting people in the vault of your heart like on day one. Letting, and, and you wind up with, with solo cups in there. And God is saying, you, you got to be careful. you got to be careful who you allow in. you got to pay attention to their, to their character. To, the, to their character, all right? And, and then next next. Statement is this, and then we've got to move quickly. Your relationships are the most important choices that you will ever make. The most important choices you will ever make. Watch what Paul, or not Paul, Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26. I love this. He said, the righteous choose their friends carefully. They are intentional about who they hang out with. Like they might ask the question, who gonna be there? Who's who, who gonna be there? I I know my my boys still wonder why I asked that question. Who else is gonna be there? I asked it yesterday. Who's who's there? Who's gonna be there? What, what, and you know why I asked that question? Because of this. I gotta put it in my kids. They gotta know they have to choose carefully. It's very important that they choose carefully. You cannot wind up surrounded, or you'll wind up in situations, you'll wind up sitting in a driveway, in a cul de sac. Of a house that you don't know the people who live there. With a nice police officer standing there saying, Do you live here? No, sir. No, sir. Does he live here? No, sir. Do you know who lives here? No, sir. No, sir. Were you running from me? "Mm, Not fast. I mean... (laughs) You got to choose your friends carefully. I know that preachers tend to exaggerate and when we say your relationship choices are the most important choice you will ever make that we, you gotta understand this is not an exaggeration. The greatest predictor of where you will go is not your heart, but it's your hookups, the people you choose to hang out with. You have God sized purpose, but in order for you to get there, you're gonna have to surround yourself with the right because God has always called us into holy healthy relationships let me give you four relationships that you need to be intentional about developing the first one is this I need to develop my relationship with my church develop my relationship with my church And it says, My church on purpose. It's not with a church. It's not with the church. You need a church that is your church. Say, My church. church. Say it again. Say, My church. church. Come on, Boverdi Midtown. Everybody say, "My My church. It's my church. I want you to see it as your church. Your words matter, your language matters. Right? If you want a new world, you need some new words. And your words, they, 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 they tell your brain what to think. Like they're, they're working together. They're in sync with one another. This is my church. It's, it's, it's my church. At least 30 verses in the New Testament alone. There are at least 30 of them that, that you literally can't live out if you're not connected to a local church. Like the Bible just assumes That if you are a believer, then you are connected to church. Ephesians 2 says we are members of God's very own family. You belong in God's household. You were created to be a member, not to just be an attender. I understand there are people that are just kicking the tires, and that's all right. You can kick the tires for as long as you need to kick the tires. And whatever baggage that you brought with you, because we all brought baggage in with us, however long it takes for you to kind of take that stuff off until you need to get connected, that's fine. But listen to me. You cannot live in the periphery forever. That is not God's plan for your life. Your life will be better when you belong. Your life will be more significant when you belong. There are benefits to belonging, when Alicia and I first started dating, we had an attender relationship. Like, we, we attended each other's company. Pretty regularly as we got closer, you know, to engagement and wedding. But we attended each other's company. But the moment that she walked down that aisle and we said, I do, we went from an attender relationship to a member relationship. And they're a whole lot different. There's some crazy good benefits. Come on, somebody that come along with being a member. There's also some strong responsibilities. I want to invite you not to just attend church but to belong to church. I want you to own the house of God. I want you to say my church. I don't want you to talk to me and say, you know how y'all do this? Don't say that. Say, you know how we do this? I love how we do kids' check-in. I love how we do kids' ministry. I love our worship team. This is your house. Those are your chairs, your parking lot, your piano. I mean, you can't take it home, but it's yours. It's, it's yours. It's, and, and this is a, what a great church family to be part of. Listen, if you, and if you feel disconnected, if you feel disconnected, and I do, will have people say from time to time, I just, I'm just, I just don't feel connected. I just can't seem I've heard this time. I just can't seem to get connected. And I always go, "Do what now?" Because we make it very easy and obvious to get connected. It's very easy. Attend Discover Now. Get connected. Join a small group. Join join a rock star team. It's very easy to get connected. So if you feel disconnected, I'm telling you it's the enemy. It's the enemy whispering in your ear, you don't belong there. They don't care about you. They don't even notice when you're not around. It's the enemy. It's up to you to be intentional about getting connected. I'm going to be intentional about getting connected. I'm going to do what I have to do. You know, the scripture says if, if a man wants friends, he must show himself friendly. So if you want people around you, you actually got to take a step yourself. You got to make a move yourself. The second relationship, continuing in this vein of thought that I need to develop, that I need to be intentional about, is my relationship with godly friends. Again, friends who are building me up, who are giving me confidence. They're not pulling me down helping me get toward my preferred destiny. The New Testament model for the church was one of, 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 of local worship where people would gather and worship together, but also the believers met together constantly. Acts chapter 2, where the church began. They were always meeting together, together in smaller groups. We do small groups at North Rock Church for the purpose of healthy relationships and spiritual growth because we know that spiritual growth will happen best for you when you surround yourself with people who are not perfect. Good Lord, they're not perfect. They're eat up with red solo cup issues, but they're trying to set aside their life for divine purpose. They're working as hard as they can to have a holy life and a holy lifestyle. And when you surround yourself with people who are on the journey with you, just like this, iron sharpens iron and you will grow. You will be better for it. Developing relationships with godly friends. Our small group semester, our spring fall small group semester kicks off this week. This weekend it kicks off and we are fired up we got uh, so many groups, over 100 groups already. We're going to have more. There is a group just for you. We have all shapes and sizes of groups. There is a group for you. If you can't find the group that's for you, as we always say, then lead a group. Like, like lead one and invite other people to come to your group. And, and I, I, I want to encourage you, especially this time of the semester... If you're not sure what group to join or what type of group to join, we have what we call freedom groups. And freedom groups, uh, there's a bunch of them this semester, but but freedom groups are absolutely life-altering. You talk about changing the way that you think. And I won't tell you what they're all about, but you need to go through a freedom group. I don't care who you are, where you came from, how long you've been a Christian or how new you are to faith. You need to go through a freedom small group. I've been through it about three times and every single time I'm growing, I'm discovering more about myself. My mind is 100% changing. The first time I went through a freedom group, went through it with a staff and I desperately needed it. And I'm telling you, I can point back over the last five years to a couple of things that changed my mind and the way that I think. And one of them, and I've said it many times, one of them is the first time that I went through freedom, it completely altered how I think. How I think. You need godly relationships. You need godly relationships. The third thing is this, we need to develop our relationship with a team. With a team, there's nothing like being part of a team. At North Rock, we help you do that through small groups and through our Rockstar team. You get connected to a team that's making an impact. We have over 500 people who are serving all over the place and online and at every location. People who serve week after week after week and they help facilitate what you're experiencing today, from finding a parking spot, to finding a seat, to, to singing from the stage, to teaching your children about Jesus, to, to, to putting words on a screen, to those that are behind the scene putting data in and whatnot. Throughout the week, we have rock stars all over the place, and there's nothing more powerful than being part of a team. When it comes to a team, and if you ever played on any kind of team when you were growing up, you understand the brotherhood. And the community that's there. So when you're thinking, I just, not, I just don't feel connected, join a team. Be part of a team. Every Tuesday morning, we have a staff huddle, and all-staff huddle, and we, we ask our staff members if, any, if, we, if there's anything for us to pray for going on in their life or in the lives of anyone on their teams. And, and I hear about things that I need to know about going on in the lives of people around our church. How do I hear about it? Because they're on a team. And their team knows about it. And so their team is able to support them. To pray with them. To stand beside them. To have their back. You need to be part of a team. It's God's plan for you to be part of a team. The book of Ecclesiastes, I won't read all of that, but it talks about a man who's all alone. And then he says two are better than one. You need somebody on your life and your church needs you as well. You have a special gift that your church needs. And then the final relationship is this right here that we need to develop. I need to develop, develop my relationship with God. I need to develop my relationship with God. I've been doing ministry now for a long time. Some 28 years. In, in, in my 28 years of ministry there's something that I've noticed I've noticed that people tend to try God just to try try him and see if it works like, I'm going to try God I'm going to try him for a few weeks just to see what happens I'll try God and of course I believe God can do something special in you if you just try him Taste and see that the Lord is good. Just taste. Come see for yourself. But in some ways, saying you're going to try God is like saying, I'm going, to try, I'm going to try to be a brain surgeon today. No, you're not. No, you're not. The rodeo's in town. I think I'm going to go try to be a bull rider this year. No, you're not. So the only way for you to do that and experience any type of payoff it's for you to like put in, put in the work, like go all in, like with everything. If you want the ultimate payoff, it's going to be when you go all in. You give yourself to it wholeheartedly, intentional. I'm going to serve, I'm going to give, I'm going to be in a group. I'm going to surround myself with the right people. I'm going to be the right person myself. I'm going to live, my. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be committed. It's not going to be about convenience. It's going to be about commitment. It's not, it's not going to be a perhaps. It's going to be a pattern in my life. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to be. And when you do that, when you do that, God said himself through the prophet Jeremiah, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Not if you look half-hearted. Quarter-heartedly, even three-quarters hearted, even 80%, he says, if you look for me with everything that you have, you will find me. You will find me. There will be a payoff like you never even imagined. I want to pray for you all over the building before we go. If you don't mind, close your eyes and bow your heads all over the room. Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you for your word. It's so rich. It's so real. It's so powerful. It is so anointed. God, I pray for every man, every woman, every husband, every wife. God, we want our homes to be holy. We want our our marriages to be set aside, set apart for divine use. God, everything that we do, everything that we say, God, Lord, let it be holy. Lord, let it be propelling us toward our purpose. Let it be blessing others, Lord Jesus. Let it be helping us grow as as believers and followers of you. I pray for teenagers, young adults, those who are wrestling with the dating scene, the dating world, and and relationships and all of the trappings that go along with that, the social media world. God, I pray. I bind the enemy that wants to mess with the minds and the hearts of of young girls and young boys. I bind it in Jesus and I bind him in Jesus name. I bind fear and anxiety in Jesus name. Lord you said whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Lord I loose peace. I loose peace into the hearts and the minds of teenage girls and teenage boys and young adults who are wrestling with the anxiety. And the struggle and the fear, God, that, that our culture just tends to, to propagate and perpetuate, Lord, through, through the patterns of our worlds. From social media to, to pressures at school and whatnot. God, give our young adults, give them the courage, Lord Jesus, to be intentional about surrounding themselves with the right people. About dating the right people. Lord, I'm not going to hang out with those people just because they're there. Yes, they have value, but just because they have value to you doesn't mean I give them access to my life and to my heart and to my mind. So God, give us the courage in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, help us to take our next step, whether it's developing our relationship with the church, with godly friends, Lord, joining a team, Lord, or with you. As I continue to pray, if you're watching online or if you're at any of our locations and you are not in a relationship with Jesus, this moment is for you. It's time for you to develop that relationship. And all you have to do to, take, to start today is just, your starting point is opening the door and letting him in. He loves you just like you are. He accepts you just like you are. But he wants to save you and change you. He wants to heal you. He wants to pick up broken pieces in your life and put them back together and turn you into something magnificent, turn you into something beautiful. If you're watching online, you know who you are if you need to pray that prayer of surrender. But at all of our locations, I want to see who I'm praying for. So I'd ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you'd say, Jonathan, I need to take that step of faith today. I need to surrender everything to Jesus. I want a new relationship with him. Will you just throw your hands in the air right now? Come on, whether it's for the first time or you need to rededicate your life to Him. Throw that hand in the air right now. I'm, I'm starting over today. I'm making a fresh start. Hold them high at every location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm making a fresh start today. That's awesome, guys. All right, you can put your hands down. now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer of surrender. I invite everybody to pray this along with me in your own words. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. On this amazing weekend, this first weekend of February of 2022, I'm starting over and I'm following you. I'm inviting you to be the Lord of my life. I'm making a fresh start. I repent today, God. Forgive me for my sins. Make my life clean, Lord. I believe in you. I believe you gave your life for me and that you rose from the grave. And I'm surrendering everything to you today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, if you don't mind, remain seated for the next few moments. But just before our hosts come, would y'all help me out? And let's make some noise for everybody who just took that step of faith. Come on. Every location. Yeah.